Hi, family. I am a marijuana addict named Jan. Um, I am here, and that's Jan, J-A-N. I'm here in Washington, D.C. My clean date is January the 1st, 2002. Uh, this year, I turned 16 years old in my recovery. I'm so very grateful, so very humbled, you know, a day at a time. So um, tonight, oh my goodness, there's actually there's a lot going on. Um, there's a member um, who's celebrating like 30-something years of recovery. And um, I actually, I just missed the clean time countdown. It's going to be a dance tonight, too. So I missed everything. So I'm excited to get in there. I poked my head in and said hi to people. And I can't wait to get back. But you know what? I gave my word that I would be here at 8 o'clock for this meeting, and I'm here. But trust me, when the meeting is over, I'm going dance. I'm telling you, you know what? I'm going dancing clean. You know, I'm going dancing sober. And that's important because that's what we do. You know, we, we don't use, you know, we don't get high. We don't use, we don't drink. We don't take pills. We don't do anything one day at a time, just for the day, just for the day. I just saw this lady, um, and she had a sponsee, and um, her sponsee, for some reason, had her mind set on not liking me. And this lady, I mean, she's, it's just, it's really funny, because um, I really haven't done anything to her. It's actually about maybe two, it's two other females who, for some reason, just have their mind set on just not liking me. But the thing is, is that I can't let that bother me, because sometimes, I mean, what sometimes people may get jealous and really there's no need to because all you got to do is you see someone who has something that you want, all you got to do is ask, how did you get that? <laughs> and let that person tell you, you know, it's no need, you know, it's no need to get jealous or envious or anything like that, you know, over anything that anyone else has. And I say that just for Jan, because guess what? The same power bless that person, they can bless me just the same. You know, so I don't have to get jealous or envious over the man, over the car, over the whatever, because I know that the God of my understanding can and will bless me just the same. All I have to do is ask. So I saw this, um, I saw this lady sponsor and, um, and I told her, I, you know, well, I told her it's like what I told you guys. I said, you know, for some reason, I'm sorry to hear about the passing of your sponsee. Um, and for some reason, she just had her mind set on, you know, not liking me. And I know how she is, you know, how she was. And her sponsor said, yeah. I said, yeah. I said, but I want you to know that I loved her in spite of. And that's what we do. We love people in spite of. In spite of our funky, afflicted behavior, we still love them. You know, we still love each other. And that's recovery. That's the program. That's what we do. You know, and I hugged her and everything. And I was real sad about that. I mean, you know, because, I mean, you know, for, you know, <laughs> Forget the lady, you know, acting like she didn't like and important. I mean, I still rather would have her here, you know, forget all that. I would, I would rather have her here, you know. So I'm, I'm very sad, you know, to, uh, to hear of her passing. So I wanted to say that part because I just saw the lady like three minutes ago. Um, I am a, a marijuana addict named Jan. My story started uh, really um, in junior high school. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some background stuff and I'm going to bring it up to the present because I want to talk about what's going on with me in my life just for the day. And, um, you know, I started off, you know, with the girls at lunch school, um, about 14 years old. And, um, yeah, about 14. And um, we would all, you know, put our money together, get a nickel bag. You know, see, I'm old school. <laughs> so we get a nickel bag, you know, and um, I'm not trying to get anybody high, so I'm not going to talk too much about the using. Um, 
And I mean, it progressed. And the thing is, is that when I was in my twenties, I, I saw where I could stop, but I just couldn't stay stopped. I mean, I was stopped for a long period of time too. And, um, and I even substituted, I'm sorry, I'm outside. So I even substituted, um, like there were times when I would drink and I wouldn't smoke or I would smoke and I wouldn't drink or however, at the end though, I, it came in threes for me. It was my, my get high, it was my weed. It was my Newport cigarettes and my Budweiser beer. It came in threes. I wasn't going to have one without the other. And that's the reason I don't smoke. Because if I smoke a cigarette, <laughs> I'm going to want some beer. I'm going to want my Budweiser. And if I'm smoking cigarettes and drinking Budweiser, I'm going to give me some weed. So I just avoid all that. To avoid all that, I just don't even smoke cigarettes. You know, besides, I didn't like them anyway. They made me sick, you know. So um, I mentioned about when I was in my 20s, you know, it just it progressed. I never imagined that I would be 35 years old and still getting high. I was 35 when I came into recovery. God did for me what I could not do for myself, and he brought me to the rooms. And actually, I came in through Alcoholics Anonymous. And them people, them people were tough. Let me tell you, those AAers, those people were tough. But it was this one lady, man, she was really nice to me. Her name was Barbara T. She's passed on since then. And she told me, she said, yeah, she said, when she came around, they told her, you get to the meeting early. You know, you don't be getting up, trying to get no coffee and all that stuff. You don't be have to be flashing all back and forth, walking around everybody. You get, you get your coffee. You come early, get your coffee. You take your seat. You don't be walking back and forth. And she said that, um, and, um, that they told her that they would tell you not the hood because everybody don't have your best intentions at heart. <laughs> and I followed that. I followed that because I was scared. I had heard stories about, you know, I heard people talking about being passed around the room like the basket and all that stuff. I was scared. I didn't want to be passed around from guy to guy to guy. I didn't even do that before recovery. So I shouldn't have been coming to recovery, you know, to get caught up inside some crazy stuff like that. So I was scared. I really was. And um, I remember because my story includes a lot of different fellowships. So I remember um, there was a club. Um, here in town, um, it closed now, but um, it was called the Reeves Club. And um, downstairs was the AA meetings, and upstairs there were NA meetings, Narcotics Anonymous meetings. And I was scared to go upstairs because this, <laughs> this somebody told me, this dude told me, he said, you better not go up there. They're going to pass you around like a basket. And I was scared. And I didn't go. <laughs> I didn't start going to Narcotics Anonymous meetings until I started step work. And then that's when I felt, you know, secure enough, you know, to go. Because one thing about us marijuana users is that we have, most of us, have high bottoms. You know, I mean, I didn't lose. When I came into recovery, I still had my job. I still had my apartment. I still had money in the bank. You know, so ours is a high bottom for most of us. And let me just tell you this. The bottom is wherever you choose to stop digging. Because guess what? If I decide to take my wheel back, trust me, it will get worse. It won't get no better. It's going to only get worse. So, um... You know, I was talking about the high bottom and everything. So, I mean, I'm very humbled. I'm very humbled with that. And, you know, we're very fortunate, too, because a lot of people, they, they, that's not their story. Some people, and I'm going to get a little gross with this, but some people, I mean, their stories are living out in the streets, hanging out in, hanging out in alleys, you know, um, um, tricking and prostituting and all that stuff. I'm grateful that that's not a part of my story. I'm so very grateful. I'm grateful. I don't know about you guys, but I'm grateful because I know it's only through God's grace. And I may be better off, but never better than. 
never better than. And in fact, better than is something that I had to be before recovery because I felt so bad about myself. I had to be better than just to feel equal to everybody else. But guess what? Recovery makes me right-sized. It makes me right-sized. So I don't have to be better than or less than anybody. I can just be me. <laughs> I can just be Jan. I can be the, the little girl, the little six-year-old girl, you know, who, 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 who everyone tried to crush, you know, but who is still alive and kicking. And I'm not going to crush her. I'm going to let her live. I'm going to let her do her thing, you know, and I'm going to nurture her. And that's what I'm working to do right now just for today. Okay. All righty. Well, I came into the rooms and I shared about that and um, I got me a sponsor. Now, another thing about our fellowship is that there's not a whole lot of us who have substantial clean time. So for me, my story is that I had to go other places. And, and as a matter of fact, I didn't even find out until mar about Marijuana Anonymous until I had some clean time. So, you know, until I had some sobriety. So I got a sponsor in another fellowship. I got a sponsor in, in, in well, in another fellowship. And um, I work steps, you know. Um, and, I mean, one thing about me is that step work, I mean, is not something to do just one time. I mean, I finished one cycle of steps. I'm actually on another second cycle of steps. Because guess what? I'm forever changing. So I got to always work on me. Good grief. It's not something to do, you know, one time and, oh, I did my steps. And no, uh-uh, uh-uh. Because I'm forever changing. And I also believe in therapy. Therapy, good grief, saves my life. I'm telling you. Because that's how I get in contact with myself. That's how I get in touch with me, with that little girl. That's how I can heal her. You know, and that's how I get the, the, the relief and the joy of recovery. So for me, it takes a whole lot. It takes a lot. It's not just one specific thing. It takes a lot, you know, for a marijuana addict like Jan. It takes a lot. It really does. And um, well, I shared about my sponsor and everything and the step work. And let's see here. I will fast forward and um, I'll, I'll share where I am today. And, um, well, let me just go back and just say just another thing about the using part, because I mentioned about the substitution and all that, because what I realized and what I noticed is that a lot of times on our phone meetings, a lot of times on our phone meetings, and I'm going to try to say this as humbly as possible, I realized that some of us, you know, and I, and I understand, too, because, like I said, in my 20s, I was, you know, I, I didn't know anything about recovery, though. However, I couldn't, I couldn't stop. I mean, I could stop, but I couldn't stay stopped. So I really do understand that. However, let me just make it clear. The purpose, the purpose of our program is to stay stopped one day at a time. That's the purpose of the program, to stay stopped one day at a time. So that means if I don't want to use, I can't go around people, places, and things. Even with 16 years, I can't go, I can't go over Miss Mary house. You know, I can't do that. Miss Mary was my contact. So I know I can't go around. I don't even know where the heck she lives anymore. I don't even know. But the thing is, is I couldn't go around her anyway, because guess what? That was my contact. So if I'm not trying to get high, I can't go around her. I mean, it's simple. It's very, very, very simple. You know, so, I mean, just things like that. You know, I can't go around people smoking weed and stuff. I can't do that, even with 16 years, because I protect my recovery. I protect my recovery because it's very precious to me. My life, oh, my gosh, my life is so much better. 
I mean, I, I can't, I can't, you, I can't even explain how much better my life is just for today. And I told y'all when I came in here, I still had the job. I still had money in the bank. I still had my apartment. I still had things. However, just for today, my life is so much better. Even in the bad times, it's still so much better because it's better on the inside of me. It's not even about things. And I do have things. And that's, I say that humbly. However, it's not even about that. It's about how am I doing on the inside. I was just an inside job. I didn't just get high because I wanted a day to get high. I got high because there was some stuff going on in the inside of Jan that I had to deal with. I had to get in contact with. And once I started getting in contact with what was going on with me, that's when, that's, that's, um, that's how I started to get better. And that's what helps me to stay clean a day at a time as well. And I told y'all, I believe in step work. I believe in therapy. I really do. Cause I want to feel better. I want to get better. I want to feel good about me. Daggone, I could, you know, I beat myself up for so long, so much for so long. I'm in good grief. I want to feel good about me. And just for the day I do. I don't feel anything like the way I used to feel before recovery. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. And I've had some really lean times. However, I still feel good on the inside. And that's where it counts. That's where it counts. So just for today, um, where I am now in my life, well, um, it's actually, it's not that bad. You know, I'm going through, um, I'm going through a situation with my job. However, I was suspended for six months. I made a mistake. I take full responsibility. And that's another thing we do in recovery. I mean, I can't blame anybody. I never really want, I never really was much of a blamer anyway, because, you know, um, I mean, if I want to get better, I got to be able to look at what I do. If I can't see my part, I can't get better. So, you know, and I've really grown a whole heck of a lot. I'm going to tell you, I've grown so much. Um, I returned to work April 20th. Um, I was fortunate enough that um, I did come into some money. So um, that was a blessing. And that was recently. So I took care of a whole lot of things that needed to be done. So that's a blessing. And, um, and me, I don't like bills. I don't like debt. So, oh, trust me, I'm going to pay a bill. <laughs> you know, I'm a bill paying woman. Let me tell you, good credit and everything, you know, and that's y'all taught me that. Actually, my grandfather taught me that. And y'all just enforced it, reinforced it. Because sure, I, what, what you going to do in life with, with bad credit? And I say that humbly, you know, just for today, I have good credit just for today. And that's a benefit of recovery. You know, because, oh, let me say this. I remember before recovery, I would do my, um, like, my monthly budget. <laughs> it's so funny because the miscellaneous for my monthly budget was always for my weed. You know? <laughs> I don't know if anybody else did that, but I had to calculate, you know, I had to calculate my weed, <laughs> my monthly budget. But just for the day, I don't have to do that. <laughs> I'm free. Just for the day, I am free. I don't have to do that. So that money can go to something else. <laughs> and it's such it's such a freedom. It really is. Um, I'm dealing with the relationship piece right now. Um, I'm single. Um, the last three people, um, guys that I have dealt with, um, it really didn't end great. And um, I see where I picked up behaviors in recovery that I didn't even have before recovery. I mean, because I see where when I'm hurt, well, we say that hurt people hurt people. And I see that when I'm hurt, oh, I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to hurt you. And I just had a situation, and I still feel bad about it. I had a situation recently where, and I don't mean hurt you physically. I mean, I'm going to cut you emotionally. I'm going to cut you with words. And 
I mean, I still, I feel bad about what I said to this person. Oh my gosh. But he, but I just feel like it's like, and it is, it's that little girl because it's like, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm nice, which I got to stop being, cause got nice girls and single. So I ain't trying to be single my whole life. So I got to do something different. That's the first thing. So I'm, I'm researching a whole bunch of other stuff with that. But the thing is, is that, you know, sometimes people take um, kindness for weakness. And then it's like, I come out fighting, you know, I mean, not like punching, but I mean like fighting, because if I feel like my back is against the wall, if I'm hurt, dang it, I'm gonna hurt your butt too. And I mean, I have had to cut deep and I don't mean deep with a knife or something, I mean deep with words. I have had to cut, not have to, cause I didn't have to, I could have chose not to. However, I chose to cut deep. So I know I have some amends. I know I have them. That's eight, nine. I know I have amends to make. I know I do. And I shared a meeting before that um, step 10 is when, when we, if I made the amends promptly after hurting someone, then that's step 10. However, if there's some time that passes, then that's eight, nine. That's when, you know, I write the list and, you know, and then I'll, you know, let God um, prepare the time for me to go on ahead and make the amends. So that's where I'm at with that. And I'm not even going to try to even make an amends to anyone because the stuff is still, it's still fresh, you know, and I'm not trying to make anything worse. You know, I'm not trying to harm anyone else and I'm not trying to harm myself either. So I will wait and I'll let God, you know, prepare that time. All I know is that I know it has to be done because I feel bad. And that's another thing about recovery because recovery gives me a conscience. I can't just do stuff. That's why I want to work to do better. You know, I mean, if my behavior, if, if, if me being too nice, because I don't know, well, I'm just going to say this. A lot of times, you know, I don't, I'm just going to speak. I'm not a man, but from my experience, it seemed like men just don't, you can't be nice. I mean, you know, they like to chase. You can't be nice. And that's just how it is. So I have to change. You know, I have to change. And I'm going to share this too, because, um, I mean, I was asking it for eight years. And um, I remember somebody telling me um, that um, that I was easy. Excuse me. And I and I'm like, and I had to think to myself, how in the hell can I be easy? And I ain't, and I'm great curse. And I ain't fucking. How can I be easy? And I'm not flowing. How how is that possible? However, I see what it is emotionally. I give my heart away. That's what that is. I easily give away my heart. That's what that is. A man wants something he got to work for. So he got to work for my heart. I can't just give my heart away. See, those are the things that I'm coming to realize just for the day. And it takes a lot of daggone work just for the day. See, stuff like that, simple stuff that just, I had no idea. And a lot of things, a lot of experiences, I just don't know. I mean, my recovery, I mean, I mean, when I, even when I was using, I didn't do it. It wasn't a whole lot going on with me. I mean, I think I was promiscuous when I was younger, but in my adult years, it won't know a whole lot going on like that, you know? So, um, it's a lot that I don't know. However, I have a sponsor. I mean, I'm going to tell you, if you don't have, um, I I am in her back pocket (laughs) and that's the truth. I mean, she old school. She know what's going on. She know the game, you know, she can tell me some stuff and I listen and I listen and I listen Cause I ain't got time to be out. I don't, here's the thing. I don't want to play the game. However, I want to recognize it so I can step out the way. Let me sidestep the BS. 
I don't know how it is for you guys, you know, where you are, but I mean, I'm sure it's game all over, you know, it's game all over the place. You know, let me sidestep it because, you know, I ain't got time for no whole bunch of drama, for no whole bunch of foolishness. I, I don't have time for all that. So, like I said, you know, I stay in her hip pocket because she old school. And the way how she told me, I listened to them ladies. The way she told me, she said, yeah, she said when she was coming along, that when the guy came, you know, that the girls, they would call each other. Yeah, what you know about him? He came from what's XIZ? Yeah, well, let me call over there and see who I know. Let me call her and see. Well, what you know? You heard anything about him? Tell me about him. You better find out, just for Jan. You better find out, hear these people's stories. Because, you know, you know, the representative come out first. <laughs> the representative, you know, that rep comes out and shoo. And if I'm not smart, I may get caught up in a whole bunch of um, a whole bunch of um, pretend, you know, because the representative is not going to last but for so but for so long. I mean, everyone puts forth their best in the very beginning, you know. So it's not even about the the initial person; it's about who's underneath of that initial person, you know. So for me, just for Jan, I better find out something about these people or that person. I better find out as much as I can. I better find out. So anyway, um, I feel better. I had to share that though. Cause I, I mean, I've been really going through a lot of feelings with this emote, with this relationship thing. I've been really going through a lot, you know, and I'm perpetually single. I mean, I'm attractive and nice looking and I just, I done, I done lost a bunch of weight. I'm telling you, you know, just for the day, I mean, I have lost a bunch of weight, you know, looking sexy. I'll be 52 this year. Shoot. Still looking like I'm 35. Shoot. <laughs> Got my little new outfit on tonight, you know. But the thing is, it's not even about an outfit. You know, it's not even about an outfit. I want someone who's going to like me and love me for who I am on the inside. So it's not about my job. It's not about my car. It's not about an outfit I may put on. It's about who the heck is Jan on the inside. I want somebody like my personality. And guess what? When men look at us, you know, as a female, when they look at they, I mean, of course, the first thing is like the, 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 the outside. That's with anyone, though. It's like the outside. You look at my face, look at my body. Okay, fine. But then that's when to, to differentiate myself from the others, that's when my personality steps in. You know, I want a man to fall in love with my personality. That's what that is. So, I mean, there's so many things that I'm learning. You know, I'm so grateful that I, that I did go eight years, you know, abstinent. I'm so grateful for that. And another fellowship helped me with that. I go to a lot of different fellowships. I'm going to tell you like this. Yeah, buddy, those people helped me because <laughs> I came into recovery and I was, like I said, I was scared. I didn't want to be all over the place. I was scared. I really was. You know, and now I am a woman of integrity. I'm the woman I always wanted to be, you know, and I see where I'm a nice girl. However, I'm too nice. I know I am. I am too nice. So I have got to do something about that, you know, and that doesn't mean for me to start being mean to people. It doesn't mean that at all. What it means is that if I, if it's going to sound sort of weird me saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. If I want a relationship, you know, with a guy once again, I say men love the chase. So I can't, I can't just give my heart away. So I heard a little beep. So that must mean that it's time for me to stop talking. <laughs> what I will say is that if you are new in recovery, please just keep
keep coming back because the program, it does get, well, life gets better. The program works, you know, and you'll get better. Things will get better as long as you don't use, as long as we don't use. You know, and like I said, I understand because when I was in my 20s, I went in and out, in and out, in and out. But I'm going to tell you, at the end, at the end, I was standing in front of the mirror, smoking a joint, saying, God, please help me because I couldn't stop. And we talking about weed. I thought they was putting something on the weed. I was like, they must be putting something on this weed because surely weed don't got me like this. <laughs> I mean, every time I said I was not going to get high, I ended up getting, I'm buying some more weed anyway. I couldn't stop. I don't know about you guys. I couldn't stop. And it was a spiritual death. Because like I said, I still had things. I died spiritually on the inside. I'll never want to feel like that again. I mean, never. So again, if you're here, please stay here. Please make the decision that you don't want to use anymore just for the day. And just watch your life get better. I can't tell you how much my life has gotten, has gotten better. Just by not using a day at a time, my life has gotten so much better. And that's all I got. And thanks for letting me share.